0: NCAA tournament, and I am pumped up. Yo, you are welcome, ladies and gentlemen. The Pittsburgh Corpus Christi parlay hit yesterday. The world is a happy place. Texas Corpus Christi went on 75-71, beat C. Mo, a kid named Jalen Jackson. Jalen Jackson dropped 22 points, and it was a good game. It was a really good game. The other game was a really good game. Uh, I got to tell you, Frederico, Frederico was out. So a kid named Guillermo Diaz came in and battled Mississippi State. And I mean, battled them hard. Mississippi State, you got to give it to them. Man, are they physical? Holy cow. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if this is going to happen. But do you remember the great Andrew Dockage? What I said on Monday, he told me, I don't know if he's right. I don't know if he's wrong. I don't know what's going on. But I do know this. The man told me that, guess what, the SEC's overrated. I believe the word he said was the SEC stinks, other than Alabama. I don't know whether the SEC stinks. I don't know whether it's great. I have no idea. I take Andrew's word. He studies it. And right now, as he texted me last night after the game, the SEC is out and won. So I'm going to keep an eye on that because I always believe DACA are geniuses. I spoke yesterday with a prosecutor. I spoke with my sister. My sister is a 25-year prosecutor. And Dylan, I wish I had said this to you and told you this uh, on the Chris uh, Beard story. I screwed this up. We didn't have a chance really to talk. But Chris Beard spoke yesterday. So what did I do? I spoke yesterday to a 25-year prosecutor, my sister. My sister made many good points about Chris Beard. Chris Beard gets hired at Mississippi. And he basically, according to my sister, now everything I'm going to tell you here is based on my sister. 25-year domestic violence prosecutor in Bloomington, Indiana. Now, Bloomington, Indiana is a hellhole outside of frickin' the campus. I mean, it just is. It's horrible. And the stuff that she dealt with between rich people and poor people and everything in between uh, will make you cry, literally. The abuse. When you're a domestic violence prosecutor in a city, you get all kind of stuff. Okay, so that sets the stage. So yesterday, Chris Beard was introduced as the head coach at Mississippi. And he said a number of things. He said, well, I'm glad that my fiance cleared things up because what Rose reported was not true. All right. Well, that may be true. That may be very true. Uh, what was reported may not have been true, but what was done according to my sister, she's like, Dan, here's the deal. She read the police report. Dan, the police report is very, very, very detailed. He absolutely did this. There's no question. Because there's a couple things in play here when you're a prosecutor. First, for a woman, a wealthy woman, a woman that knows what is there to lose by calling the police, for her to call the police in the police report, she said she felt unsafe. My sister's absolutely right, she did, or you don't call the police as a wealthy woman. Now, she's like, this is unfortunate, this is very unfortunate, but it is very rare that a wealthy woman, an, a, a, a millionaire, bil- whatever they are, calls the police unless she was terrified for her safety. Now, when she said that, I'm like, wow, she goes, Dan, She goes, wealthy people know they got a lot to lose, man. There there is literally a discrepancy between the wealthy and the not so wealthy when it comes to this. Now, again, Bloomington, Indiana has really wealthy people, really poor people, and she did this for 25 years. So that is number one. The detail of what transpired is number one. Now, she did say this. I said, would you have prosecuted? She goes, you know, you got to weigh a bunch of things. The initial thing that people weigh is, well, she's a victim. She's scared. He's going to do it again. And my sister said that truly may be, and you have to weigh something. You have to weigh she wanting this life with what has he suffered. They suffered already. Now that may make you mad, but she's like, look, he lost his job. He lost millions of dollars. Now you gotta understand, he didn't have the Mississippi job. He didn't have that job. So he lost a contract, or at least right now he lost contract, that was millions of dollars. Okay? So if you let's say it's, I don't know, let's say for the sake of argument, he lost five million, ten million. That's a big fine for all these. Financial guys, white collar criminals, that's a big fine. So you weigh that. Then you weigh the fact that the accuser, in this case Beard's fiance, isn't going to testify, doesn't want to file charges, doesn't want to press charge, doesn't want the whole deal. All right, you weigh all that. You can still file charges if you think you can prove without a reasonable doubt that he is guilty. But you got to weigh all of this. What's he actually going to get? What more can you add to his punishment? All those things you weigh. But the whole overlying deal is what does the victim want? Now, I don't know whether that makes you mad at me or glad at me, but I deal in facts. I deal in real on this show. It's just what we do. We deal in real here, and that's real. So I see all these guys saying, well, he should never coach again. He should, okay, okay. He should have been prosecuted. I don't care what the victim said. Okay, I look, I get all that. I totally understand all that. But I just give you I just give you what is real. What goes on inside the actual person making it so. She said this, the smartest thing that he did was not answer any questions. Not talk about it. Just not talk about it. Period. So those of you that are wringing your hands at Chris Beard getting the job or those of you that are gleeful of Chris Beard getting a job, good for you either way. I personally don't care. I've always liked Chris. He's always been good to me. Uh, I feel like I've always been good to him. He gets an opportunity. Would I have hired him? No. I would not have. But, again, I love to win more than I like to eat. But I like to do it the right way. I like to do it in such a manner that I feel good about winning. I feel good about what we represent. And I personally would not feel good about that. But that's just me. That does not mean I'm right. Absolutely does not mean that I am right. It doesn't. It, it just simply doesn't. But I'm giving you a little insight. Prosecutors know what the, what the uh, accused lost. They know. I asked my sister, does that factor in? She goes, of course it does. She goes, it all factors in. Everything factors in. So Beard, while technically right, what reported may not have been right. Who knows? But if you read, and my sister said, look, everybody, you, you, my sister said, you can report whatever you'd like. Newspaper can say whatever, but the police report's right here. And as somebody that read these police reports, uh, clearly he did it. Clearly, she was scared, clearly scared enough to call the police, and then you figure it out from there. That's simply the bottom line. That is the bottom line on the entire deal. All right. We await, ladies and gentlemen. I keep pointing. Where is it now? Oh, yeah, it's over there. We await. Today, Aaron Rodgers is going to join Pat McAfee. Today, Aaron Rodgers, I would assume, is going to say, well, yes or well, no. Or, well, nothing. There's three options. Yes, I'm playing. Actually, there's four. Yes, I'm playing. Yeah, I want to go to this team, which he will not do. No, I'm not playing, and I'm retiring. Basically, that's it. And the fascinating thing for me in this is all these, including my guy, Mad Dog Russo, everybody got their little panties in a bunch. I like the saying. I heard it on Two and a Half Men. Everybody got their little panties in a bunch. We're all bunched up in the crack. That's right, we are. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really said much. Chris Russo, the Diva Act. What's the Diva Act? Look, people get so mad when people talk about their lives or don't give you the answer you want or don't say it how you want to say it. Honest to God. Honest to God. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers really hadn't said nothing, has he? He went away for four days. He said, "Hey, stay tuned." Uh, he talked to the uh, talked to the Jets. Diana Russo says now he's got a wish list. I'll bet you money that's wrong. I will bet you money that is absolutely one thousand percent wrong. Bet you, honest to God, bet you. All right, coming up. So we'll see. I'll drive over. Uh, I got a few meetings today, a few hits on uh, different radio stations, a couple podcasts to to tape for people. But I'll slide by, see if the white smoke comes out, because it is biblical. It is papal. It is one of those things where we gots to have you. We do. We gots to know. Lamar Jackson, I have one statement. It would be wonderful. I'm wearing my culture. It would be wonderful if we had a general manager around here that had some stones. It just would. Lamar Jackson can get his offer today. He doesn't have an agent, so he couldn't get it Monday. Players can get offers today. He's a player. He is going to receive whatever offers that are there. And apparently the Ravens have said that they are going to match said offer. We'll see. But wouldn't it be fun, ladies and gentlemen of the YouTube chat, wouldn't it just be fun if the Colts, I don't know, spent some money, showed some sack, decided, hey, look, we want to be a player in this. We want to get good right now. I don't want to wait on Will Levis. I don't want to base the potential or our franchise on the potential of Anthony Richardson. I want the best free agent quarterback out there, and that, my friends, is Lamar Jackson, and that, my friends, is going to cost a lot, and that, my friends, is something that our cowardice general manager could never ever, ever pull off. And, oh, by the way, people, the general manager has an owner that will spend money, and I mean he'll spend a lot of freaking money. Well, you know what time it is. It's March Madness. It's March Madness. What can I tell you? It's March Madness, but better than March Madness is the third annual Woke All-Star Challenge. The categories are these people, Gaslight Region, non-binary region, toxic masculinity region, and the Me Too region. And I got to tell you, all very solid regions. Joe Kinsey, OutKick, has put this out. Um, I'm looking, Joe, and this is a very popular deal here, and I'm going to tell you what I saw. Um, I'm looking at Twitter, at OutKick. There's 624,000 views on just the bracket. Like, you'll get to a million views on the bracket. But I got to tell you, as we break down the bracket, I think Kendrick Perkins made a late run here. I think Kendrick Perkins established himself as a real player in this. Dan,
1: he came out of nowhere this year. Kendrick Perkins, he was not even in it the last two years, Dan. This is the third annual WOKE All-Star Challenge. Kendrick Perkins decided, Dan, that this was going to be the year that he was going to go to the mountaintop of WOKE. He was going to climb it like the likes, like Jamel Hill, like Keith Olbermann. He wants on the Mount Rushmore of woke Dan and uh, Kendrick Perkins. Boy, look at that final four matchup against Rex Chapman. Very possible. I mean, Rex has to get through EJ Raddick. You know what EJ Raddick did this year, Dan. He went nuts over the uh, the, the the NHL guy who wouldn't wear the uh, uh, gay and lesbian jersey and warmups. So there is uh, there are landmines everywhere Dan. Woke landmines all over the place headed towards the identity politics final four. Listen, if Kendrick can climb the mountain, I mean Dan, he could face Steve Kerr in the finals.
0: Think about that. I want to get uh to I want to get to something that you you're talking about. The Mount Rushmore, you I don't know that anybody because it's a gift that keeps on giving and that gift being of course Keith Overman, but I got to tell you, I'm sad that Rex Chapman lost a little bit of clout because he was literally the worst studio host in the history of the NCAA tournament. He, Seth Davis, and Candace Parker set the bar so low, he's not on it anymore. I think that clout is going to hurt him. That lack of clout is going to hurt him as we move forward.
1: Uh, no doubt Dan you know going into yesterday I was thinking that Rex had the uh momentum if he ended up on the TNT show or true TV wherever they're at this this week but he's not as you said Rex Chapman not on TV this week that is going to hurt him we're gonna play in the final four this week Dan and uh I have uh we have Max Kellerman facing Rex Chapman. A lot of people hate Max Kellerman. He could literally win the Sweet 16 matchup. So uh, look out in the Gaslight region. There are, who knows who comes out of there. There are four guys that could win it. Um, over on the other side, L. Duncan, very strong. You know that, Dan. She is going to face bomani Jones. bomani Jones, you know how woke he is, Dan. He has the talent, the woke talent. He can, he can launch a woke attack
0: at any moment. And, uh, and take the whole thing. Bomani Jones um, y- yesterday said, hey look, you're not allowed to talk over a black man. And we don't know, and you have to prove to us, you have to prove to us as a white person that you're not racist. I'm not proving nothing to Bamani Jones. I would argue, were I Vegas in this, I would make Bomani Jones the absolute favorite in this because we're not allowed to talk over a black man, like J.J. Riddick did. While, oh, by the way, Kendrick Lewis was screaming, you know, uh, like, a stuck pig. Uh, uh, like a stuck pig.
1: Dan, at this time of year, the wokes, they'll act like they don't know the woke challenge is going on, but deep down they know what's going on, Dan. They know that the eyeballs, you said it, Dan, a million eyeballs on the woke challenge, they know this is the time to rise to the top of woke. They'll do whatever it takes to win for their cause. And Bomani, he knows that he has the followers that, that he has the power, Dan. He has the ability to win this. L Duncan needs to watch out in the uh the opening uh matchup there in the me Too region. Give me a
0: give me a sleeper. Give me a give me a sleeper. Give me a, give me a... Well,
1: Greg Popovich As a four seed, he had to go into the play-in round against Stan Van Gundy. He is going to face Steve Kerr, and I'm talking right there is a potential 4-1 upset. We have Greg Popovich, I mean, one of the wokes of all-time NBA wokes. By the way, the committee allowed NBA coaches in for the first time ever, Dan. This was a huge move by the committee. We didn't see it coming, and then all of a sudden we have a Popovich-Kerr 4-1 matchup up there in the toxic masculinity region. Fireworks. I think Popovich comes out of there. I think he has the name recognition to run through this one and uh, take out uh, Bomani Jones. Oh, Mark Jones could be down there, too. It could be a Jones-Jones matchup in the Me Too region. Keep your eyes on that. But I think Popovich just has the name recognition, Dan.
0: Good friend of mine from ESPN, said that Mark Jones must sleep in Kevlar because he thinks white people are going to shoot him and he's married to a white woman so I don't know how he could possibly sleep at night. Um we always talk about those that didn't make it. Is there anybody do I see Sarah Spain on here? She doesn't have
1: the rant, uh, she doesn't have the name recognition, Dan. Uh Sarah yeah. Spain regional to the Chicago market. Uh woke off the char- yeah, she's off the charts woke, but this is what's happened to this tournament the names keep rising up dan Kendrick perkins takes a number one seed this is how big this tournament has gotten and uh she just doesn't have the name recognition she's like a you know a, a, a low level mac team
0: you know you may love her regionally but there's nothing you can do uh, with her nationally hockey, you mentioned EJ. Hockey is this a debut for a hockey uh, reporter? It is. You know the NHL wants
1: to have a bigger stage uh, in the in the marketplace. They got it this year, Dan. They went out and found a woke who could compete. He's going to take out. Uh, I don't know. It's going to depend on how many NHL are uh, you know fans that are pissed off at the NHL for all the the LGBTQ plus uh, stuff that they've been doing. I don't know. Could he take out Ravel? No doubt, but people hate Ravel, uh, so he could he could easily win that one. I mean, th- this is why you can't take your eyes off this tournament because anybody can win at any time. You have Dan Wolken over there in the toxic mas- masculinity oh. region. You know how woke he is, Dan, and, he, and it's March Madness, so he has a big platform right now, so anybody can win at any time.
0: I'm from the Chicagoland area in northwest Indiana, East Chicago, Gary. We're very familiar with harvesting ballots, ballot box fixing. Uh, uh, what's, the right, what's the right word for it? Registering parking lots to get votes. I would argue, does Clay Travis have influence here? Uh, I hope not. Does he have influence on Darren Revel because of the ongoing feud?
1: There is no outside influence, Dan. We have we have the best ballot system in the world. In the when when you're doing online polling, it's all about integrity, Dan. And this is a full integrity tournament. You're not going to find a bigger integrity tournament than this one right here. Clay, he's not even on the committee. He's not allowed to do any outside influencing. This is just the woke cream of the crop. Who's going to go to the top? We're going to find out we're going to sweet 16 starts tomorrow, Dan. And uh, then we'll go next week. Final four. Let's, let's determine a champion. Did I lose you, Dan?
0: There you are. I love that. I love that Christine Brennan is in this.
1: She is uh, she has moments, Dan. She'll do like uh, she'll have like four huge woke moments a year. That's like that's all she works, Dan. I mean, she has a hell of a job. I hope I live long enough to have that kind of a retirement job where she writes like four columns a year and uh, they're all four woke. Uh, I don't even remember what she tore into this year, but uh, she hates, you know, she hates men. She hates America. She hates anything that's uh, alpha. She hates it.
0: I can't remember what she tore into, too, but she absolutely tore into something. And I can't remember yeah. it was it was fairly recent ago, though. She got mad. All right, um, are we referring to Darren Ravel as Darren, or are we referring to him as Karen as a sign of disrespect?
1: We we're back to using Darren. We're not we're not going Karen right now. You know, the committee was like, let's let's just move on. He's just Darren, but we'll go Darren Ravel there. And uh, you know, just you know, he, he uh, him, and Pat Forty, uh, Dan, they're probably gonna. This is gonna be their last year. They're gonna get kicked out because they're just not putting on enough of a woke performance. They're getting in on name recognition only. Forty played in the play-in round. He got knocked out by Max Kellerman. He's out of here. Uh, we're uh, we're moving on here. What did Max Kellerman do? He has a long history of woke Dan, you know, police stuff, Kaepernick. He he loves Kaepernick. Kaepernick should be in the, he should be in the NFL. If you throw red meat like Kaepernick, Max Kellerman's way, he's all over it. He loves Max, or he loves Colin Kaepernick. It's a, it's a topic he will always uh, approve of.
0: Uh, Joe, let's make sure people know where they can get involved here.
1: Right on the front page of OutKick, Dan, the Woke All-Star Challenge. You can't miss it, by the way. Dan, how's my graphics look? I I throw those together every year. Uh, I do it for the fans, and uh, you cannot miss it, Dan. Fists in the air, Woke, 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 and uh, look for it on OutKick. Hopefully, the editors keep it at the top of the page.
0: Bo, coming out of Pat McAfee's uh, Thunderdome about a mile from my house on Aaron Rodgers, Uh, two things, best guess where Rogers ends up and who's your NCAA final four and champ. Well, I guess
1: he's got to go back to, uh, he's got to go to the jets now. Hell they've built this up, Dan. He, he, he was in his uh, cave. I assume he was, he found out that he was just going to decide to go to New York and be a, be a big superstar. I think he goes to New York plays one year and, uh, that's it. Uh, NCAA tournament. I, I, Give me Duke, Dan. What the hell? I run a route for the bad guys. And uh, is there a white guy that everybody
0: hates on Duke? I mean, I, Dan, you're the expert here. Uh, I don't necessarily hate on, Duke, necessarily hate on uh, Duke. And I am a white guy. And I am a white but I'm not a huge fan. But I'm not a huge fan. I'm going to
1: take uh, Duke and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just be the angry. Uh, I'll just let everybody hate me because I have Duke.
0: Joe, this is awesome, man. Uh, Go to OutKick. Vote on the Woke All-Star Challenge. It's tremendous. Thanks, thanks, Joe.
1: Thanks for for letting me back on, Dan.
0: Always, always. Uh, There you go. The Woke All-Star Challenge. Joe Kinsey, he puts it out. Rex Chapman, Darren Ravel, EJ Raddick, who was a complete clown about the A, B, C, D. Kendrick Perkins is making a move. Mina Kimes, Ryan Clark. We didn't even get into Ryan Clark. Danny Wilkin, uh, Dan Wolken uh, is a little batch. He's not necessarily woke. Of course, Kerr Popovich. All your local yokels. It's going to be great. Go to outkick.com and you can vote on it. It's going to be a huge number of voters. I mean, there's already 700,000 views on it. Uh, I did a podcast yesterday. It's called Ruthless. It's apparently... Uh, Jim Banks, the, uh, the United States Senator, uh, me and he's like, Hey, uh, come on this podcast with these guys. And, uh, it's a huge deal apparently. Well, they have what's called the hack challenge and it's political folk. It's, you know, Brian Stelzer, that kind of thing. I think they include Oberman and I think Oberman, uh, gets a little bit of a taste in that one. So these things are fun. These things are great. But I got to tell you, the names on that list make you puke. Again, I don't know. Mark Jones, he is, for those of you that don't know, uh, this probably be his last year. His recognition is going down, down, down. But he's the guy that always says uh, chopping it up and jam posse and all the other stupid stuff. Uh, He thinks white people, particularly white police officers, are going to shoot him as they escort him in and out of football games that he calls. He's married to a white woman. I wonder if he's married that she's going to shoot him. You can't make this stuff up, man. Seriously. You, you can't make it up. You, you can't. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, so uh, so full of a jagassery. Colts fans, uh, you're making some moves. I kind of dig them. But I'm also going to give you a word of caution. The Jets kissing the backside of Aaron Rodgers. I'm cool Uh, with that. Darren Waller got traded. Darren Waller. Wow. Uh, We'll get into NFL moves and I'll tell you what I think is going to happen with the great Brett Favre, Rick Pitino on the move. We shall see what we shall see. And Mike, uh, excuse me, Tom Crean. Tom Crean is going to break down a regional for us coming up at 10 o'clock. I'm looking forward to this. This show is so much fun. I can't thank you all enough for being here. I wake up every morning. I wake up early because I'm ready to go. I mean, sometimes I screw to show up. Like, I can't hear out of my earpiece, so the audio, I don't know what to do about it, but it is what it is. But damn, is this show fun. Thanks for being here. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. What what, what what do you want? You want another parlay? Is that what you're telling me? You want another one? I mean, son of a biscuit maker, do you know the pressure that I am under here every day? I will have another parlay for you, but I'm not going to lie. I'm having a little bit of trouble today. I am. I'm having a little bit of trouble getting you a nice parlay, but I will get it done. I will figure it out. We're five and one, I think. I mean, I'll ask you guys on the YouTube chat, but I think, I think we're five and one. We're at least four and one. Uh, I'm not sure. All right, the question on the YouTube chat is do you like Avery Johnson's voice? I kinda do. I do. I kinda like Avery Johnson's voice. I think he's awful at what he does. He didn't see the play at the end, but who cares? He's got a great, great freaking voice. NFL, today, four o'clock. Lamar Jackson can receive an offer. Those of you that are paying attention here, am I just maybe the Colts don't have draft capital. Give the four pick. That's pretty good draft capital. You're supposed to give up two. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, give them up. I'm begging the Colts here. I am. I'm sorry, but I need I need successful and I need winning. Look, the Colts sent. Stephon Gilmore uh, to Dallas for a fifth pick. Writers here in town, Bob, uh, Brian, uh, Bob Kravitz, longtime curmudgeon, uh, said, Oh, well, I don't understand. I do. I said all year long he and Ngakwe were disinterested. He and Ngakwe were awful. He and Ngakwe were not nearly what they were advertised to be. And he had a big number, so the Colts got rid of him. You're never going to hear me, ladies and gentlemen, talk about salary cap dumps. I'm not that guy. I refuse to be that guy, and I'll tell you why. Because in Indianapolis, all we hear about is salary freaking cap space and draft picks, not wins. And I'm tired of it, so I'm only going to tell you about the actual deal. Well, this saves $62.75 in cap space. Yes, it does. I don't give a freaking rat's backside. And when I say that, I say that angrily because I'm tired of Indianapolis talking about cap space. Ah, word on the street. Diane Russini and others are reporting that Aaron Rodgers gave a wish list that included Alan Lazard, the wide receiver, to the New York Jets. If I'm Aaron Rodgers... I don't blame you. Hey, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go big. So Lazard, guess what? Lazard ends up, ladies and gentlemen, signing with him. With whom does he sign? The New York Football Jets. Free agent, Andy Dalton. This dude is like me. He keeps going from place to place. But he's very, very good at what he does. He just, I don't know. He's expected to reach an agreement, a 10-year deal, $8 million guaranteed with him, the Carolina Panthers. So Carolina has the number one pick. Now think about this. They have the number one pick. They're bringing in a veteran, uh, by all accounts, a great dude, to be maybe a stopgap quarterback, but also a mentor. That's good business. That's Ryan Grigson smart when Ryan Grigson brought in Matt Hasselback. because you don't know what's, uh, when we had Andrew Luck here. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Grigson's a freaking genius, I'm telling you right now. And by the way, can we get Chris Ballard on some kind of woke all-star team? Can we get Chris Ballard somewhere? Chris Ballard, the general manager, crying, pandering, bootlicking, AK-15s. He's a playing candidate. There's absolutely no question. But Carolina, smart. Why? They're trying to win. It's what you do when you try to win. Uh, Mike Thomas, who was a fantastic and is a fantastic wide receiver for the Saints, but becoming kind of a mouth, and I know that's wrong to say, right? Oh, you can't say – no, he's becoming kind of a diva wide receiver, which I don't understand why it's wide receiver specific that you become a mouth and stupid and uh, we got to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you. Go catch footballs, man. Go make plays. Urban Meyer told me you're a great dude. Be a great dude. But anyway – So this guy, excuse me, he's got a contract agreement. One year, $10 million. Max value, $15 million. Hey, that's pretty good business for the Saints, isn't it? I mean, you know, this guy's been injury prone. This guy's a mouth. This guy seems to be interesting. I'm not saying good or bad. I just don't know. Interesting in terms of the dynamic of a locker room. We'll see what happens. So you get him on one year. Hey, it is what it is. Former Purdue. Purdue. And Super Bowl, hero Raheem Mossert has signed a one-year, two-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Jacoby Meyer, former Patriot, he is going to be reunited with his former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is a guy that I would not go play for on the periphery, meaning I'm not there. People seem to like Josh McDaniels. They like McDaniels because McDaniels apparently makes them better. If you make me better, I've said this forever, if you make them better, if you make them better, guess what? They like you. Uh, Giants sending Darren Waller, or getting Darren Waller. Now, I know Darren Waller is hurt, but that, besides being a bit of a crazy man, which I ain't mad about, he is really good. Third-round pick is what they got for Waller. So, and last but not least, this is pretty good business. The Bills have restructured Josh Allen. I'm reading it here in Von Miller. They created approximately $32 million in cap space. Y'all have that cap space. We got to have cap space. Doug, you don't understand the NFL. It's all about cap space. Great. Yay, Rob, go fight, win. It ain't my money. So when it ain't my money, you know what I don't mind doing? Spend it. That's why I'm sitting there going, hey, look, Indianapolis, you can say whatever you want about Jim Irsay. Is he crazy? I don't know. I like him. I do. I like Jim Irsay. People think he's crazy. Yeah, he had about 20 grand in cash in his pocket, and he had some pills. All right, he's got an addiction. Okay. But I tell you what, as an owner, he's fantastic. And as an owner, he will spend. He ain't afraid. Go get Lamar Jackson, please. Uh, Rick Pitino. So I've been working. I've been trying to get Rick Pitino on the show. Uh, Rick Pitino is not ruling out leaving Iona to go somewhere else. Now, here's the deal with Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, to me, when he says that, that means he's open for business. And if I'm a school, I don't care. I don't, you tell me. I was going to say Georgia Tech, but they just hired Damon Stoudemire. If I'm St. John's, if I'm Syracuse, I am running, running to Rick Pitino. I'm sprinting to get Rick Pitino. I couldn't get to Rick Pitino faster. Rick Pitino will do a couple things for you. One, he'll create interest. I mean, you'll be on ESPN. Look at what has already happened with Deion Sanders at Colorado. Hey, guess what? ESPN's going to do their spring game. Really? Shocking. And much, much more. Now, Colorado is a serious contender. That's what Rick Patino brings. Number two, he's going to win for you. He's going to win for you. You Say whatever you want. That dude went to Iona. Next thing you know, they're in not one but two NCAA tournaments in a row, and he's been there two years. Look, he makes winning easy. He shows up, he instills his stuff, and he makes it easy. You all are going to talk about hookers, or you're all going to say that he had the sex on a table. Hey, raise your hand if you haven't had sex on a closed restaurant table. Okay, I haven't. But, hey, look, when I was single, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, okay, he had adultery. What are you going to do? I mean, look, we're hiring guys that choked out their wives. We're hiring guys in Will Wade at Monique State that got a five-game suspension his first day on a job. We're letting guys that transported a gun to a murder scene that was using a capital murder, we're letting them play and we're glorifying them. What the hell is a little bit of an adultery with a crazy woman on a, on a table of a restaurant? What's a little extortion? What's a few hookers uh, in a damn f- a basketball dorm? What? Compared to the other crap going on, are you kidding me? Hookers might be a part of an NIL deal right now. What are we talking about? Are you insane? Come on. (laughs) Well, he got his banner taken down. Yeah, he did. But what are you trying to do? Are you trying to win? Are you trying to win? And don't even think about, well, at 70, he may not work hard. Shut up. Seriously, shut up. That's all I got. Just shut up. You hire Patino. Your toes are tapping. I don't want to hear about it. And you go ahead and you just win, baby. All right. Interesting story. Uh, I believe that we should all crucify. Not crucify. I was going to say crucify. I was going to go Jane Fonda on you. I believe we should all. I'm looking forward to make sure I got it. We should all stand up. We should all stand up for a little Christian school in Vermont. Remember the little Christian school that said, hey, look, we are not playing against a team that has a trans student. We are not playing against them. We're not doing it. You guys can do it. We're not doing it. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, the great state of Vermont, I believe it's the home of Bernie Sanders. It's the home of Syrup. The home of Syrup is mad because uh, the home of Syrup is like, well, you know, the most woke place on earth. do what we say. We're compassionate people as long as you do what we say. So a little Christian school said, look, we're not playing against a trans school, but guess what happened? So the state of Vermont, America's syrup capital, decided, well, you guys can't play in any future tournaments. The Vermont Principals Association ruled that mid-Vermont Christian school had violated policies and is ineligible to participate in future tournaments that it sanctioned. The move applies to all sports. The VPA, Vermont Principals Association reiterates its ongoing support of transgender student athletes as not only a part of building an inclusive community for each student to grow and thrive, but also as a clear expectation by Vermont state laws and the Agency of Education's best practices. Really? All right. Okay. Uh, Vermont said, hey, look, we're disappointed with the decision of the VPA executive committee to ban us. We intend to appeal. Canceling our membership is not a solution and does nothing to deal with the very real issue of safety and fairness facing women's sports in our beloved state. We urge the EPA to reconsider its policies and balance the rights of every athlete in the state. Um, I suggest we do this. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at the Mid-Vermont Christian School, and I'm going to buy their gear. I, after the show today... I'm going to look them up on the intranet. Do you know we have an internet where you can actually go push some buttons and buy some stuff? I'm going to go, and I am going to buy some stuff. I tried to do this. Remember when Ferguson burned? There was a famous barbecue place that the locals, you know, that were, you know, civilized decided we're going to support. I tried to buy barbecue from there, and they couldn't have been ruder. So I don't know. Sometimes I have these Pollyannic dreams that everybody is like really great and wants us to help and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I don't know. Maybe Mid-Vermont doesn't want me to buy their stuff. Maybe Mid-Vermont has had enough of me on you and everybody else. Maybe they just want to go back to being a quiet little Christian school in the middle of Vermont. But I, ladies and gentlemen, because this is what I do, I am trying to find their website, which, frankly, I don't see. I'm on their thing. I don't see a website. I see save direction, send the phone, share, which means I, ladies and gentlemen, are dumb. Because I always screw these kind of things up, not sometimes. But I suggest that we make it a uh, don't at me radio show, streaming show, awesome show thing where we buy mid vermont christian gear. Now you got to understand something. You're going to have to explain. It. And I'm not saying look, if you don't believe in the cause, then don't, but I believe in the cause of not having women playing on men's teams. I just be- I, or if you were born a woman and you're transitioning, you play where you were born biologically. If you're born a man, transitioning to a woman, you play with the men. Born a woman, transitioning to man, you play as a woman. I mean, I, common sense tells me this. Now, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right even a little bit. I'm just saying that makes good sense to me. What do you guys think? If you're watching the show, what do you think? Uh, I'm on their website. I don't know that I see any gear. Uh, If it's a Christian school, certainly if it was a Catholic school, we'd have gear and bingo, and we'd have Vegas night. We'd have jackpot. We'd have pull tabs. We'd have parlay cards. We'd have our own. We would say that, well, uh, our high school is on sacred Indian ground, so we'd have a casino. Are you kidding me? We would have all this stuff, all of it. But the truth of the matter is all they want is your money. They want, donate online, donate by phone, donate by stock, donate by shopping. Hold on, caller. Hang on, caller. Amazon's smile is ending. I don't know what to make of that. But anyway, we're going to try to find some mid-Christian gear, if that's all right with you. What do you think? I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. I like supporting people that stand up. Like, I've never really had a problem, and you can crush me on this, but I've never really had a problem with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I I, I said this. You know, he risked something. He took a swing. He knelt. It cost him. I didn't like his documentary because I didn't think he was a real one. But that's just, you know, but I, I don't have any problem. I love a good protest. I've told you this before. When my father was a high school principal, and I was in sixth grade, uh, he got fired. He got fired by a man named Herb Abramson. Herb Abramson uh, got the job as a superintendent. His first act was to fire my dad. I asked, why, dad? He goes, well, I kind of punched Herb Abramson in a bar uh, a few years ago when he was being a jerk. Well, you know how that goes. So here's what happened. My father was a very, very, very popular uh, high school principal. I came home, there were TV trucks everywhere around my house. Now, we lived on 54th Avenue, which was a fairly, not busy, but, you know, not a back, not a, you know, behind the block street. It was the main street connecting two pretty main streets. So we lived right there, and TV trucks were in front of our house. Come to find out that the students of Calumet High School, where my dad was a principal, Walked out. The entire school walked out. Teachers, secretary, everybody walked out in protest right down Ridge Road. Route six from Calumet High School down the street to the superintendent's office to the point where my dad had to get out a megaphone and say, look, this isn't a this isn't your thing. This is thing between me and them and go back to school. All right. So I've always loved a good protest. I respect a good protest. I got no problem with a good protest. None, zip, zero. So I respect Vermont Christian School and I want to support Vermont Christian School. Those of you that were and are uh, on the YouTube chat, you all are very smart or those of you on Twitter, you all are very smart. You know how to find things. So if you could, somebody, find where I can find a link to donate to, to, to the Christian School. All right, we're going to do a top five here. We're going to get Tom Crean on in a minute, but let's do top five under-the-radar players in this year's NCAA college basketball tournament. These are not – you know, we all know Trace Jackson Davis, right? We all know Zach Eadie. We all know Jaime Hawkins. But these are five guys that you're going to see play that if they play well – their teams are going to have absolute great success. Number five is a kid out of VCU, Adrian Baldwin. Adrian Baldwin is a guy that makes things hum. He started rolling against Dayton. Now, here's the deal. He's a little guy, and there's some little guys in this because we all say and we all know guard play rules. Average is only 12, 12 and 7. I say that. I would have killed, killed, killed to have average 12 and 7, but he averages six assists. And you know, what is it? The little engine that makes it go. This dude gets in your backside defensively. He's up in a stance. He, ladies and gentlemen, will lead VCU to a victory over St. Mary's, and we're all going to go to Sizzler. We go to Sizzler, and you can have now, Anyway, number four, Comanche- Abas, do you remember Comanche Amos Amos, from a couple years ago when he led Oral Roberts to a sweet 16? Well, guess who's back, 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 man. She's back, back, back. Guess who's back, guess who's back, guess who's back. You see, he's a guard, averages 19 points, but here's something. The dude is shooting free throws at an over 90% clip. Now, you and I both know. Late in the game, you want a guy with a ball that's over 90%, that's a heck of a weapon. It's like having a good kicker. Seriously, I made fun of the coach yesterday, but I ain't mad at a good kicker. High free throw percentage wins games for you. And this kid has not only great experience in the NCAA tournament, but my man Comanche, and I know a lot of you, I know a lot of you uh, are in pools where points matter. You know, NCAA. A couple of my friends, I didn't get in, I didn't see the email in time, but they have a big pool where it's it's like, all right, uh, you draft five guys, whoever scores the most, this kid could go off for 30 if you are in such a pool. All right, number three, Indiana fans, you're going to hear the name and you're going to hear it a lot. A kid named Sincere Carry yes. Sincere, S-I-N-C-E-R-E, Carey, C-A-R-R-Y. I like it. It's a cool name. Sincere Carey is a very cool name. He's a very good player. Uh, Averages 17, actually over 17, five assists, four rebounds. I told you this before. Kent State, you Indiana fans, has really good guards, and this is the top dog. This guy scores it. This guy's tough. This guy rebounds it. This guy handles the ball late. Late. But more importantly, he is the kind of guy that really knows how to play. And against Indiana, let me explain that. you got to be able, as a guard, to help on the post, Jackson Davis, and get to your man. And this kid's pretty smart. And you don't do that by just helping on your po- on the post and getting back to your man. You do it with anticipation. I'm in here. I'm helping on a post. But, man, oh, man, I'm ready to get out here. I can't wait to get – I'm thinking ahead. Uh, they used to say about Larry Bird, and for you young guys, you won't understand this, but I don't cater to you young guys. He plays two Polaroids ahead, meaning two frames ahead is what Larry Bird did. That's how he was described. And that's what this, this kid's smart. This kid's no joke smart. Pretty good. You're going to like him. You're going to hate him if you're an Indiana fan. Number two. Uh, I can't see his name. I forgot. I wrote it, uh, and I wrote it really bad. Oh, yeah, Jordan Brown from Louisiana. Jordan Brown was a high major recruit. Georgia Brown, uh, you know, he went to Arizona. Top 20 recruit in the country. Sean Miller gets fired. Sweet Jordan Brown decides, hey, I'll go back home. He goes to Louisiana. I think he had a stop in between. This is a big dude that can ball. This is an NBA dude. This is 19-9. and nine. Three blocks. This dude is something. Now, when... People would ask me, what do you think about this guy? I'd say, he's something. Uh, And that was always – it was from a friend of mine who said that, and I liked it. He's going to give you guys, Clay and Jonathan and Chad and Dylan and all you Tennessee folks – I don't think Ryan's Tennessee folk. Maybe he is. But all you Tennessee folk, he's going to give you hard times. He is going to give you hard times. He is going to give you a hassle. He's going to be like, man – How did we, why are we playing against this guy? It's a pain in the back. He's really good. And the number one is Tucker DeFries and Drake. I've talked about Tucker DeFries. My NBA guys tell me he's a lottery pick. My NBA guys tell me, what's a lottery? 14, top 14. My NBA guys tell me that's where this dude is headed. It's just where he's headed. So, look, I don't know. Bill Martin, have a great time. I'll miss you. Connie, how are you? But anyway, that's my top five. Drake is going to win their first-round game, and if Indiana wins, it's going to be sexy with Drake. But Tucker DeFries is a guy you're going to like. Uh, I can promise you. You're really going to like Tucker DeFries. He's long. You know what he looks like? He looks like because uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is like six foot nine, And he plays, you know, in college. Duncan was kind of the, always the same thing. He shot it. This guy drives it, he plays in the post, he's a coach's kid, he knows how to play, he's pretty good. And I I, I think you're going to like what's going on with him, Uh, and I look forward to it. I'm trying to see, my earpiece isn't working today, and I'm trying to see if I kicked out of court. All right, I can't wait to talk to Coach Crean. Coach Crean is one of our favorites. Uh, We are going to break it down. I believe we're breaking the south down with Coach Crean. We'll be right back with Tom Crean. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Tom Crean joins us. If you have been watching the last few weekends on ESPN, you've seen... Woj and Coach Crean on, and thank God, because I'm tired of guys that never coached. I like guys that coach. All right, let's get it out of the way. You going to Western Kentucky?
2: No, that that's not uh, anything in the cards right now. Okay. So, way, way to throw a softball, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get out. Hey, the NCAA tournament comes, and before we get into the West region, I want to ask you, uh, a couple things. Were there any surprises either in the the seating that you saw, number one seed, or was Rutgers a surprise left out? Maybe Nevada in. What what'd you see?
2: Just what you said. I think Rutgers not being in. I, I really think Clemson. At the end of the day, if you look at their schedule and you look at how they scheduled, which was with good intent for the most part, and then how so many of those teams maybe didn't live up to the billing that they were supposed to have. That that's one of the problems. With the net, you know, what you think you're signing up for doesn't always turn out that way. And and you're at the mercy of how they play as it goes down the road. But I think, too, um, I think Kansas being flipped for Houston was different. I mean, I think Kansas earned it. Um, I mean, I, I I would have thought going into the Big 12 tournament, they were legitimately a team that would have been the number one seed. I certainly understand Alabama being it. They earned it. But I thought Kansas over Houston would have made sense. And then um, I'll join the chorus on Texas a and I think you're the number two team in that league, and you play the way they did from Wofford on. I think they were like either 17-4, and 18-4, and four, something like that. I would have thought that they definitely deserved uh, a better bid than, than to have to turn around in the first round and play Penn State. And then if they win that, they likely get Texas. So I thought that was tough to see. But other than that, I think they did a good job. I mean, I I think the more you're at this, Dan, and you know it, too, I mean, it's a really hard job. But there were some teams that definitely I thought deserved to be in, like Rutgers and Clemson, that didn't get it, and that was unfortunate.
0: I watched Memphis play, and, man, Purdue got second round against a team that just beat a one seed by 20. Kendrick Davis is a great guard maybe the best guard nobody knows about in the country. I thought Purdue got actually a tougher draw than
2: Indiana. Chris Reynolds, former Indiana player, doing his job. <laughs> Purdue did. There's no doubt. Memphis has been so um, – they've been efficient, which is which – is, and, and fairly consistent, which has been different from Memphis. But DeAndre Williams is like 26 years of age, and he's playing like it. The, I, the other guy that's really done – a good job for them as of late because Kendrick Davis is really good. I I mean, he's, I think he's going to be an NBA guard. He's just, he's steady. You could tell what happened when they didn't have him. but Malcolm Dandridge is a guy like, like he will be an issue if they match up with Purdue. And, and I don't know if he can guard their fours as well as he would need to, but he'll go in there. He'll fight with Edie. And, and he's, he's definitely an older guy and, Uh, No doubt, Memphis has been as efficient as effective as they have been in a long, long time because they're older and they got a stabilizer like Kendrick Davis that makes things happen. And then Alex Lomax has been there for a long time. So they're playing like a true veteran team.
0: Your old team Marquette looks good, Coach.
2: Really good because they have five guys you can run offense through uh, at any given time. They're bigs can play not only at the three-point line, but they're comfortable at the NBA three-point line, not necessarily to shoot, but to run offense. And they uh, prosper at OMAX. Those guys are are hard to deal with. And and Tyler Kolick has been so good. I said this on the air the other day. I went and did Shaka Smarts Clinic back in the fall and watched them practice and, like, I walked out of there with some some real thoughts, like the upside of their athleticism, how quick their bigs were, how tough of matchups they could be. But the number one thing was that Tyler Kolek had truly improved as a shooter. And he went from, I think, this, it was 28% to 39% this year from three, and it shows. And, I mean, there, he's a legit All-American uh, uh, player of the year in that league and I think a future pro. I think he's T.J. McConnell with more size. That's what I think.
0: Absolutely sensational. I mean, watch, and it's fun to watch this kid. Coach, I I got you talking about the West. You mentioned Kansas, the two seed UCLA. Um, Let me go through games with you and and just tell me what you think. Kansas is going to win, but this Arkansas-Illinois game, everybody tells me Arkansas Council, and was it, Nick Smith got two first-rounders on it. This is a dangerous squad. Illinois may be a little underachieving. What do you see in this one?
2: I see if the Mitchell twins show up and play and compete against Danger, uh, that they'll that Arkansas will be hard to beat because Arkansas can turn you over. They they can score on those turnovers. They've got length at every position, and Debo Davis can just be absolute pit bull defensively when he wants to be. Anthony Black is a big guard that can, that at six seven six eight that can shoot over people, can get to the rim. Nick Smith looks healthy. And if they come with a defensive mindset, which I think Eric will get that. I, I think he will get them to do that. I think a couple of days locked in and, and getting those guys regrouped a little bit from the tournament, I think they can do that. And I wouldn't want to deal with Arkansas. I, I think that could be even a tough matchup for Kansas in the second round because Kansas is about – Jalen Wilson is going to score and when they've struggled, he's still scored, but this has been the case all year long, I mean, which Dewan Harris is coming to the game. Is it going to be the aggressive get after you defensively look to shoot? Like there's such a difference so many times when Dewan Harris catches the ball, he'll catch the ball straight up, and not even look at the rim or he'll catch the ball ready to go when he's on the attack. And when he's on the attack, they're really good. Like they're a legit number one seed. And then I think, The thing for them is how many different ways can they get Grady Dick open in the half court because he's going to get free in transition. He's going to get free on outlets. He's going to get free on kickouts. But can they get him free in the half court? And if Harris is not setting the tone with his aggressiveness and his attacking of the rim and his attacking of the ball defensively, Kansas is really vulnerable to lose.
0: VCU I fell in love with Saturday or Sunday whenever they were playing their final against Dayton. They were down. They came back. Um, I've been talking about the Baldwin kid. I've never been a big St. Mary's guy. I just haven't. What are your thoughts? I'm going to tell you up front. I think VCU wins this game. Your thoughts?
2: I think they win too, but here's what they can't do. They, They can't they can't overhelp so much that that allows St. Mary's to to run their ball screens like where St. Mary's hurt Gonzaga is when they run the ball screens high and St. Mary's does what a lot of teams in in the Atlantic 10 don't do and they run their ball screens 3 4 feet higher okay so if VCU can can control that get back into the roll game not over help on those guards that allow Mahaney and Johnson to either shoot against the closeout or drive the long closeout. I like VCU because there's no way St. Mary's is going to be used to that physicality on a night in night out basis. Now they can get used to it by Gonzaga and a couple teams, but coming into that situation, VCU can get into you and they have enough guys that can, that can space the floor. So it's not just Ace Baldwin. I mean, they're, they're really good. They appear to be really tough. And as long as they don't get sloppy and and chase the ball around, I think they'll beat St. Mary's.
0: Yeah, I do, too. I, I agree with you on that. I think they've got a lot of guys. Um, Patino doing his thing. They're back in a tournament. UConn, number one for a while, went in a bad stretch. What's your take on UConn?
2: Uh, I think in this game and I think in this tournament – I like them cuz they've got enough guys. I think one of the un, um that one of the uh, hidden guys on that team had a good had a good tournament. And that's Naheem Alin, who transferred from Virginia Tech and I say that because you know as well as anybody that depth matters in this tournament. Your stars have to play like stars, but you've got to have some guards that can come off the bench. I think the the biggest thing is you got to have four bigs. Now, they may not have four total bigs. But they've got four guys that can guard your big man. I mean, obviously they have Sonogo and they have Donovan Klingon, who if Donovan Klingon comes back to college, I mean, he'll be one of the best bigs in the country next year. I mean, there's there's he's certainly one of the best freshmen now. But I think in the case of Iona, and this is what's so different, and you know this too, like Iona's a pretty long team for the Mac, but they don't go against that kind of length. And 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 UConn can smother you. And I think it's not. People look at the numbers, the steals and the block shots, and maybe they try to to characterize that. No, it's the shots that they change. It's the way they make you change the arc on your shot at the last second. It's the way they make you reach. It's the way they make you change how you shoot it off the board because they're flying at you with length. I just think unless you're used to that kind of length uh, day in and day out in your league, you're not getting ready for that in a game. And I think UConn has got that. And I think as long as they come in and they play unselfish on the end, Joey Calcaterra can make a couple of threes. Nahima Lean, like I said, comes off the bench or Hassan Diara. And those guys can spell the guards. And and then another big key for UConn is how well Tristan Newton plays. And when Tristan Newton plays well, the transfer from East Carolina, they play well. So people see Hawkins and they play, they see Sanogo and Andre Jackson but really, if you look at it deep, Newton's a little like DeWan Harris at Kansas. When he's playing correctly, when he's on the attack, when he's not turning it over, when he's getting in the paint, UConn is way better. And I think that's what's got to happen for them to win. But I think that length is a, is a definitive difference in the first round.
0: It's kind of interesting. I, I, for whatever the reason, I've just been watching more hoops than I've watched in forever. And I've, I've watched both of, uh, or at least two of Iona's games, and I didn't come away um, from Iona thinking, okay, this is a team that is, is going to cause real problems. I did come away from watching Kent and I did come away watching Drake as two teams like that. You know, when you watch a team and you're like, man, this team has, I didn't feel that way about Rick's team.
2: Sure. No, I think when I think that's, you know, they're, they're, they, they win in chaos and they create a lot of chaos for the other team and they turn you over and and they pass the ball and and the reason they won the tournament is they didn't take a lot of challenge shots and I think that at times because they can get into that shot clock offensively that they'll take some rush hurried shots now if UConn gets them in the shot clock which I think they probably will I think that's going to play into UConn's uh, favor because I I just don't know if they have enough guys that can that can go beat you one on one like UCLA. I think one of the reasons that game was so good with Arizona the other night is there was finally a matchup that could match up one-on-one with Jaime Haquez And that was Pella Larson. Like he could, he, you've got to have, and you know, this as well as anybody, you have got to have somebody that can do the job without maximizing help defensively that can lock up a star and it it, it it in the regular season but certainly at this time of year cuz because plays are going to break down it's going to become more half court and stars have got to make plays. And if you don't have a matchup for the hard matchup like a Jaime Haquez is a hard matchup because it, maybe the best offense UCLA has is when Jaime Haquez is in a ball screen and he's running the ball screen like if you don't have somebody that can lock those up or guard him on the perimeter when he starts attacking you and putting his shoulder through you to go to the rim, you're not going to beat UCLA. And I don't know who has that right now. And because, because you know, Oregon couldn't do it, USC couldn't do it. So many of those teams, they couldn't guard him when it mattered. They couldn't guard him in the second half when you got to get a stop. And it's hard enough to guard the UCLA offense because Tiger Campbell has done a good job. But when you've got a star like that that can just overpower you and get to the rim, that's that's a that's a recipe to keep playing for a long time.
0: All right, I'm gonna stay in the Pac-12 here, and I don't know what's gonna happen. USC taking on Michigan State. You mentioned UCLA, Arizona. Coach, I, I I know that this this happened like three times. I'm watching hoops all day, and then I turn on the late Pac-12 game. And coach, I swear to God, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is why the Pac-12 does well in a tournament. They're athletic, they're skilled, and they'll go. They will go up and down. Now, mixed teams will guard like crazy, and Tommy Lloyd's done a great job with it. But I'm looking at USC like, man, they got some dudes. They always have dudes, and they let them go. And they don't worry about a missed switch, or they don't worry about you didn't play this pick and roll right. Go get a three-pointer. I I got a feeling the Pac-12 is going to represent itself pretty well here.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I really do. USC has been more consistent than I than I thought that they would be because because of just what you said. You, they can do different things, and I think they match up with Michigan State, right? Does USC have Michigan State? Yeah, State I think State. that the Hogard matchup, which I've thought all year long. I mean, I, I really do believe they go as he goes. Tyson Walker has bailed them out of so many jams because he can shoot. He's dependable. He's efficient. Uh, Joey Hauser makes plays. Um, if Michigan State would have would have kept Julius Marble, you'd be talking about like a legit Final Four team, right? Like they're just still missing him. He's at Texas A&M now, obviously, but Hogarth has got to play right. And I don't, it, USC can make you not look good. They can make you, they can trick you a little bit because they can get you into a speed game and all of a sudden you start trying to make plays that aren't there and they're running the other end because they run end-to-end very well. USC doesn't get enough credit for that because of Arizona being in that league, but USC is really good at, at turning your misses into baskets. And then the other thing, and this is going to be crucial in that Michigan State-USC game, which team is going to consistently run after the other team makes it? Because that's one thing that Tom's teams have always done. That's That's in the top four or five reasons of why he's gone to 25 straight tournaments, because they would always run on makes. And you can't change doing that. And I think running on makes means you're throwing it ahead on makes. And I think that's what a kid like Hoggart has got to do. I think that's an edge Tom can have on that team. They haven't done it as well this year, but I think that's something that they could have in this tournament. But USC does that. So that's something that they're going to have to really deal with, and I think people should watch for that in the game.
0: On you know, Miles is back. What's your take on TCU?
2: Well, here's what I think with them. I, I think, and I watched them so much this year, and I saw them play in person when I went to see my son Riley in Dallas over Christmas, and I went to see them play Central Arkansas, and it was right before league play, and I was like blown away with how fast they were. And 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 Mike Miles was the biggest reason because he's really comfortable in traffic. He's really comfortable making plays in the lane. But another big reason was Eddie Lampkin. And Eddie Lampkin runs hard. I mean, he he runs extremely hard. And he 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 maxes out his speed and his effort. And I think they will miss him uh in this tournament. I I really do. Xavier Cork has done a great job for them inside. But he was really good when he had to be the backup big. And now all of a sudden he's got to play X amount of minutes. But here's the other thing with TCU. It's going to turn into the half court. And if TCU can keep it a running game, then they're really good. But as you know, it's going to go into the half court. Do they have enough ways to get Mike Miles open when it turns into a half court offense? Because I haven't seen that. Uh, uh, Texas, he got one point against Texas. And, and when Mike Miles can play in transition, when he can play in the driving kick game, he, when he can attack the rim like he's a, a high-level, All-American-type guard. But when that thing gets into the half court and they don't have ways to get him free off screens or they're not running him along the baseline or off staggers and he's got to manufacture offense himself, now your help defense comes in. So it, they play the winner of tonight, right? They play the winner of the game. Yeah, so... I don't know how to see how that game turns out tonight. Uh, Arizona State could cause a lot of problems for them, but Arizona State will run up and down the court with them too, which which uh which, which could which could serve well for Miles, but in a half court game uh that becomes a uh, 60 70% of the game becomes half court, I would worry about TCU.
0: I fell in love with Gonzaga again, and people—they're 28 and five. I watched them dismantle St. Mary's. I don't know, man. I, I got them going to a Final Four. Love watching them the other day. Give me your thoughts on uh, the Zags.
2: I like them. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think on that. I just think it when you Drew Timmy yeah really struggles when he's got to do a couple things at once in defensively when he's got to go up and guard the pick and roll and then he's got to consistently sprint back into the lane i know i've said that earlier but i think that is a big deal and and and, and if teams run where if teams run a very narrow college style three point line offense i think i think he's fine but when that game gets extended and he's got to sprint back and forth because he doesn't always put forth that speed, you know, his his stride level getting back is 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 very small. And 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 that puts a lot of pressure on your help, especially if there's kickouts for guys that can shoot threes. But I think Anton Watson has really improved. I think Julian Strouder is a pro and uh, in, in my mind, no question. Uh, they've done a great job with Bolden, and they've done a really good job with Hickman, and they're the kind of team that can put four bigs on the floor, and Efton and Reed has played better, though he's not played as consistent, but when you can bring a five-man like Ben Gregg that had four threes in a game last week, I think, I don't remember the, who the game was against, but he had four threes in that game at the five spot, like, that's a whole different matchup that can change the momentum in a game, in a close game, because Gonzaga is a really hard preparation. So once they get through game one, like it's really, really hard to get ready for them in one practice and a couple ballroom walkthroughs and some film sessions. So I like Gonzaga a lot if Drew Timmy doesn't have to chase around the game. Uh, But again, there's another situation. Are you going to let Drew Timmy do his work early, catch the ball, react to him late and allow him to use his passes? Are you going to do... Your work early and be down there before he goes into his moves. Because when he gets on his feet and he gets on the front of his feet, like he's like a dancer. I mean, his feet are so quick inside, which sometimes shocks me why he can't be better defensively. But his feet are so quick, and and he and 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 he's so agile. You know, when he goes into one move and then he spins and makes another move, like if you're think you're playing him one on one, you're not going to do that. He's too smart. He's too good. It's like. Edie is so good because Edie does his work. And I know we've talked about this on your show. Edie does his work before you ever get there. Like Edie's on to the next thing before you react to his first thing because he's so fundamentally sound. That shot goes up. He's already by you to offensive rebound. You can't get to his hands, right? Like you can get to Drew Timmy's hands if you get there early. You can't get to Edie. Because once Edie catches the ball, it's up too high, and now you're at the mercy if he's going to miss or you can push him out or if he's going to have to kick it out. And I think those little things like that are monstrous things in a tournament setting and are good for people to watch. How is the post of the best post players being defended?
0: Well, to your point, um, hey, to your point um, Kent State's a small team. Kent you State know, Our former team, team Indiana, Trace Jackson team, Indiana. Davis, I think it's going to be interesting from the first play till the end how they decide to go against Jackson Davis.
2: Well, I think, in, in, and one guy that's on that staff too that's the assistant AD in basketball is Jim Christian. And I think Jim Christian is added to that staff with, with Rob Senderoff. But they are a physical, aggressive, they're, they're not huge obviously, but they are aggressive. And the one thing I've seen from them, and this is the thing that, that a lot of big guys don't like, and I haven't seen it happen a lot, with trace jackson davis but they'll get into your legs i mean they'll get into your legs early and when they get into your legs early like if you let trace jackson catch it put it out in his left hand see the vision you know, stick the ball out there and try to swing that ball across he's better and he's really improved like the improvement he made from february to this point or maybe even late january to this point like that's really impressive i still think they're as good as Shafino is because he changes the game and he's a big guard. And if he's, if he's average, then they have a chance to be really average. But, but Jackson Davis has just been able to do what he wants because he's really moved better. And, and here's the other thing, Dan, like he brings the ball up court right now, right? Like he, br- he brings his own defensive rebound. Who have you seen get up into it? Like he just brings the ball down. Like nobody plays him like a guard. Like as soon as he starts dribbling the ball. Why doesn't somebody I don't understand this, even if you guarding with the nearest man, guarding with the nearest man turning, don't let him bring the ball up six, seven, eight dribbles in his left hand and then switch. It's like it's like it's crazy to me how comfortable Trace Jackson Davis gets to play the game. And 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 the reason I bring up Kent State, especially watching him last week, watching him against Toledo the other night, they don't let you be comfortable. And I think that's that you you know as well as anybody with the Mac you got to be different, and you're not going to be as big as everybody else, but you better be as tough and as aggressive. And Kent State, Toledo, like I have a lot of respect for Toledo. Todd Kowalczyk was with me for a couple of years. I, I love what he does with this team. Like they got into them the other night, and I think they play a fearless brand of basketball. Which which I'm not saying they're going to upset Indiana because I still think. Shafino is so good that he's that he's hard to match up with. But if they get into Trace Jackson Davis early, if they don't let him bring the ball up, if they don't let him get comfortable, that could be a really tough game for Indiana.
0: I, I got to tell you, the, you described it perfectly because he plays so comfortable. And I'm not you know, absolutely dribbling the ball down. But man, I, I went to the Purdue game. I was there in person. He didn't score, but he was still like, it was just comfortable. All right, I want to get back to the West real quick. We got Kansas, UConn, UCLA, Zags. Who you got coming out of there? Pretty good matchups. Pretty good, match-up. Pretty
2: yeah. good matchups. Yeah. Um, it, be- it would be for the Final Four, right? Is that what – would they would they not match up to the Elite Eight? Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Yeah, I, I would go uh, – I would go with uh, – I'm going to go with, with – uh, Gonzaga because I think they have a matchup for Hawkes. and again I think he's he's one of the toughest guys to deal with in college basketball because he makes you completely uncomfortable trying to guard him so that if you don't have and I don't know the I don't know the, the, the the young guy but like like that pick and roll like I get so excited watching that like he, he, when you got a big that can handle the ball and make plays off that ball screen, and Mick has gotten so much more creative with his offense that, that and finding ways to utilize him, uh, I like Gonzaga because I think they have enough guys that could guard them, and I think they could neutralize Tiger Campbell, and I think their running game could eventually hurt them. But I, I'd go with Gonzaga. Biased.
0: Um, Biased. Um, Jaime Jaquez's um, aunt... Jaquez's- uh, <laughs> Played for my wife at Bowling Green. And a couple years ago, the entire family, mom Hami's mom, his dad, his aunts, his sister Gabrielle, they all stayed at my house for two weeks uh, during the NCAA tournament. So we had cookouts. and So I love the family. And I, I don't know the kid well, talked to him a few times, but just great people. So I'm biased, but I still think Gonzaga gets through there. Something I saw in Gonzaga, Tom, I, I just really liked, man. I, I just really liked it.
2: Well, and I agree with you. I think the thing with UCLA, if they had Jalen Clark, because Jalen Clark can can do multiple things for a freshman. You know, he can really guard the ball, but he's really aware so he can help. And I think the kid Amari Bailey had a good tournament, but now all of a sudden he's got to do a lot more. And I think over a, a you know, three, four game period, I think that becomes hard because David Singleton is good for UCLA and he's got and this is a big part of March, you know, for people to watch as they're as they're looking at who they're going to pick. What is the team's range? Like, are they a real college line three point shooting team? Or do they have guys that can back up? Because in the, in the, especially as the length changes for what you're used to, you know, when you can back up and make shots. Well, David Singleton can do that. Like he's got range. But like if you decide you're not going to let him score and you're not going to over help off of him then i think he gets negated and i think gonzaga i think gonzaga is an underrated defensive team because outside of timmy uh you know who 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 needs to be better who should be better they they are really good defensively and it's not just because of the league they play in cuz they got really good players
0: appreciate you coach always great talking to you where where are we seeing you this weekend
2: oh, not right now not right now something could change potentially uh but not this weekend. So just, just taking it in.
0: Thanks, my friend. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Appreciate you.
2: Anytime. Enjoy it. Thank, Thank you.
0: Love talking to Coach Crane. I do. I love talking to guys that know it, live it, love it, and break it down. And he's the best at it. He, Look, I, if you put in CBS Tom Crane, Jay Wright, and a host, now you got something that could rival uh, Charles, Shaq, and Kenny. You do. I mean, at least for me, like I don't know why Seth Davis. You know, imagine being Jay Wright, and you're sitting there, and you got to listen to Seth Davis. Now, everybody, likes it. Seth Davis, nice guy, but imagine, imagine if you said, all right, we're gonna make this thing real. We're gonna we're gonna break it down with Tom Crean, uh, Jay Wright, and Greg Gumbel. That would be like must see TV. Because now you are actually got guys that have done it at an incredibly high level. I mean, damn. Tom not only went to a Final Four, but he also brought Indiana back to the number one team in the country. I mean, if you put those guys on CBS or if ESPN was smart enough to say, all right, uh, whoever your host is, make sure you get your hires. Diverse. We're going to have Seth, we're going to have Tom, and we're going to have Fran. And let's break down what we just saw this afternoon. Oh man. That would be like must see. They all got great personalities. They study the hell out of it and they all been there. I'd be I I I, but I'm wrong. I'm wrong because I think I want smart. I, I want smart. I don't want people that haven't been there. I don't want young former players that don't know. Like yesterday, Avery Johnson did not know. I saw it immediately. I started yelling because I a kid was going to hit a wide open three in the Mississippi state game. Avery Johnson's doing the broadcast. He still hadn't seen it. I, yeah, I get it. We're all into diversity and we all got it. blah, 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 blah. It just makes me nuts. Now, thanks for coach Green. He's Great, man. He's absolutely freaking great. Uh, All right. We're going to come back. Uh, I got a lot. It's what the heck Wednesday. What the hell Wednesday? I got a lot of weird stuff to show you. And we're going to bring you our parlay of the day. We're going to bring you, we're five and one. uh, We're going to continue to break down the brackets. Uh, The YouTube chat is going. Twitter's blowing up. Coach Crean, when he comes on, that's just what happens. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, Um, I love this time of year. I can't wait for noon tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow. Right. It's going to be unbelievable. It's just so much fun. And I appreciate you all for coming to our show and I appreciate you all for letting us be a part of it. You know, uh, here's the deal. We still got what the hell Wednesday. All right. Three hikers. In South Africa, sustained broken legs following an attack by agitated baboons. You know, my mother used to call me a big baboon. The word baboon to me has always been funny. Like, I forget the show, but they're like, anything starting with a K is funny. Baboon to me will never not be funny. So these baboons are like, hey. Hold the phone here. You guys are on my turf. You guys are in my space. Can you imagine you're just going along on a hike? Hikers are, you know, I always think of Vermont. I think, all right, I'm gonna go to Vermont and I'm gonna go hiking. We're gonna go stick something in a tree and get syrup. People do hike, like they like to hike. So here's the story. Three hikers sustained broken legs and attacked by agitated baboons. Uh, Here's what happened. The three hikers had a boulder smashed down a mountain. According to the Post, the New York Post, the freak action occurred last month. Seven hikers embarked on an expedition in the western Cape of somewhere. Hell, I don't even know. All right, South Africa. So these guys are going along. Some of the biggest monkeys are there, this baboon says, hey, the stone that they got hit by didn't hit them. This baboon decided, look, these guys are going to rappel down a drive. This 132-pound boulder was going to be dislodged by the baboons. It struck the ledge that five guys were standing on and it exploded. And the shreds, razor sharp rock, flew into the hikers like shrapnel. So this baboon flips it, hits it, crushes it. A fifth hiker was knocked over a ledge by a stone. These dudes got their brains beat out by a baboon and I like it, I like it. Then they continued, these baboons did, to throw stones down on the hikers like something out of a medieval siege, forcing them to run away and seek shelter. That's right. When nature strikes, baby, when nature strikes, you don't mess with baboons on their own turf. Or if you do, understand that these guys ain't messing around. See, we need more of this. We need more of animals fighting. I've always said, and tell me if you agree with this, hunting would be interesting if the animals carried guns too. Then it might just be war, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, you're all, you ever see a hunter? He acts like he's all tough guy. He's all tough guy. He's all, eh, I just killed me a buck. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. And my question is always, Hey, uh, I'm looking here. Uh, I do see the buck. I see what you're saying. I see where you're at with this, but I got to ask, was he, I don't know. Was he armed? You know what I mean? Like my guy, Greg Doyle cheating on his wife, right? He calls himself a tough guy. He acts like a tough guy. So my question is, well, when you were cheating, as you admitted with a guy's wife, did you tell the guy? or did you run away, or did you sneak around? You can't be a tough guy if you're just sitting in a thing and you're shooting something. You can't be a tough guy, like my man Doyle said, if you're cheating as a married guy with another married woman, and you just don't walk up to the guy and say, hey, look, man, this is what's happening. If, like, when he was cheating with his neighbor, did he just run down the street? Like, did he come in the back door? Uh, you know, people act like they're so tough in things But truly, they're cowards. I don't know. I'm not saying hunters are cowards. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I don't mind if people, you know, hunt. That's great. But don't act like you're some warrior for killing something that had no defense. Or don't act like Doyle where you're acting like you're some tough guy and, you know, you're sneaking around around some guy's back with his wife, and you're married, and she's married, that ain't tough. Uh, Reusable water bottles. Listen to this. Reusable water bottles has about 40,000, Jennifer, gritty Jen, you runner you. That reusable water bottle has over 40,000 times more bacteria than the average toilet seat. This is research done by the water filter guru. A water bottle contains twice as many germs as a kitchen sink, four times the amount of bacteria as a computer mouse, 15 more times bacteria than a pet's drinking water, and 40,000 times more. 40,000 times more than a toilet seat. Uh, Here's what... The other side of this is all right. Some experts said even though bottles may serve as a breeding ground for a high number of bacteria, it may not be necessarily as dangerous as the findings project. Experts said water bottles are likely to be contaminated with bacteria that's already in your mouth. I mean, I was just going to say that, like, all right, a toilet seat. Look, if you're going to tell me whatever was in my mouth, you know, the 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 Oreos, the Doritos, the sausage, the hot dogs. If you're going to tell me that's kind of the best, all right, fine. But hey, when I pee, it goes 10 different directions. I'm older, right? Yeah, it's over here. It's over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's bacteria that I don't want. So I get it. The shock value says 40 times. It's 40 times. All right. Well, yeah, but there's bacteria and then there's bacteria. You know what I'm saying? And those of you that are my age that are saying, well, not me. I've got a big stream going. Yeah, you're lying. You're lying. Yeah, I swear to God. If, you sit, if you're next to me in a urinal, like go to down because stuff's flying everywhere. It's unbelievable. It is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Where else do you get that kind of insider information? All right, here's the deal. A Minnesota dad Killed an elderly sex offender, all right, with a moose antler. Listen to this. A Minnesota dad confessed to killing a sex offender he believed had once stalked his toddler daughter and finished him off with a moose antler. Levi Axtell walked into the police station on May 8th covered with blood. He fell to his knees tell cops he fatally beat Lawrence Scully with a shovel. All right. He added that he finished the job with the moose antler. With his hands on his head, he demanded to be handcuffed, threatened to hurt others if he wasn't restrained. They did find Scully dead inside his home a couple hours away. Witnesses called 911 after seeing someone smash a car in Scully's Drive and run into the older man's house. They heard screams. He had been convicted of molesting a six-year-old girl In 1979, these two had a long history. Axel accused Scully of stalking and attempting to groom his then toddler daughter at her daycare by parking his van at the facility and trying to uh, obtain an order of protection against the 78-year-old. It was granted, but it was dismissed two years later. Axel posted only cure for pedophiles a bullet. Well... I guess there's two cures for pedophiles, a bullet and a deer antler. Man, my man said that, well, they didn't, or the police said they investigated Scully, didn't find anything. But I got to tell you, I mean, I have a daughter. I have a stepdaughter. I have a wife. I have a sister. I have a mother. I have a sister-in-law. I have nieces. If one of them came to me and said, hey, Dan, I need your help with something. What's that? Some guy is parking his van outside of Emily's daycare, and he's already been convicted of a sex offense. I, I wouldn't be adverse to going over there and seeing what's happening. I'm not sure I'd ever kill a man unless they came in my house, but I, I, I'm i not upset about seeing what's happening. I think we all should. I think we all would. Wouldn't we? I think so. Uh, Dub Soap is fed up, fed up with fat appropriation and the whale. Fat appropriation. This is what they're debating. Listen to this. Monday, after the Oscars, hygiene company Dub took a stand against the film The Whale for casting a man in a fat suit as opposed to an obese man to play the role of its protagonist. The crap we worry about. The crap we worry about. Brendan Fraser was that guy. He won an Oscar. Best actor. He plays a character weighing over 300 pounds, and he's got prosthetics. They're mad about it. They're mad. Stop giving fat suits award. We want better representation in Hollywood. So everybody at Dove is fat? Look, fat dudes can't play a big role. They're fat. They're obese. Can't move around. It's arduous work. Hey, I'm fat. I don't move around like I did when I was 180. I'm too fitty. I get sore. No way you can throw someone 350 to do these roles. Stop it. <laughs> Advocating for the... Bobby Barak is beautiful. I love Bobby Barak. I love our whole OutKit crew. Uh, casting a 600-pound actor who might not survive the taping, is a unique progression of the outrage movement. Of course, this isn't the first time the woke have argued the, fir- the, fir- the, fir- the film grossly appropriates fat culture. A uh, film critic for Rolling Stone and Vulture said the whale uh, producers are a bunch of absolute pricks for not including fat people. It's called medical fat phobia. Yeah! Include us fatties! Fat forever. P-H-A-T and F-A-T. I, I am not in Hollywood because I'm fat and I'm suing somebody. This discrimination must end against us fatties. I know I don't look fat. My fat is from right here, just below my breasts, which are ever-increasing, uh, to my cratch. I'm fat. And then, of course, the cratch, you know, really big, really, you know, you get that. But anyway... Yeah, I'm obese. Yeah, I'm fat. Hey, one of my favorite songs is "A Humpty Dance" by the Digital Underground. Yeah, I called you fat. There ain't nothing wrong. Hey, look, you don't want to. Hey, hey, no, you can't get a six hundred pound person to do this. It's tough work. And besides, you got a guy that was good enough to be an actor. And are all of you adult fat? Like, if I worked for Dove, I'd be like, yo, yo, why are you saying us? I ain't fat, if I wasn't fat. What are we doing? Hey, Dove, I'm working for you here. I'm about 130, and I'm running marathons. I don't want to be included. Why are you skinny-shaming me? (laughs) The stuff we worry about, man. Honest to God. good. I'm no longer buying Dove soap. I don't know if we ever bought Dove soap. I have no idea if we bought Dove soap. Fat appropriation. God, I love it. Is there anything better? Is there anything better than the current world we are currently living in and the crap that we worry about? Isn't it awesome? I mean, let's take a moment and celebrate that a major company like Dove uh, worries about that. I thought, Dove, you just wash your ass. Uh, Philly Area School play, plays in a 24-hour, 48-run game. Monroe County, Arcadia University sent its baseball team to Port Charlotte for the Snowbird Classic. The goal was to play some baseball with some other Division Three schools. Have a nice time. The Knights got a seven-hour home run derby brawl of the game. They began playing March 13th, 11 o'clock. The game ended March 14th, 11-10, 24 hours, right? Isn't that right? It was postponed, I guess. Uh, wait a second. It was postponed uh, six hours into the game because teams were just hitting the hell out of the ball. So there you go. It was 23-23 to 23 at one point. 23-23. Listen to this. Arcadia trailed 25-23, two men on, two outs, bottom of the 10th. But Emilio Palante lined out to end the game. There you go. You know, I will tell you this. Can I just tell you something? It is kind of fun. I did this last year. My wife and I just went down to Bloomington and watched a baseball game. Watched an IU baseball game and watched an IU softball game. It is a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie to you, to kind of get yourself a popcorn, sit in the bleachers, and just watch a game even if you have no doggie in the fight. Like, I think we're driving to Philly this weekend, and the only reason I agreed to it was because they have sports gambling in Pennsylvania. But we're going to go to Philly to watch Penn take on Harvard over the weekend in their opening weekend. And I got to tell you, it's kind of fun just to sit there and go, hey, you know what? I'm watching the game. Now, I have a vested interest because I root like crazy for my stepdaughter, Tegan, and by proxy, I root for Harvard, so it's a blast. But you know what? If you get a chance, go to a baseball game at your local college. Just buy a popcorn, a Coke, and whatever, Diet Coke, and just kind of sit there and watch some baseball. You know, every baseball game doesn't have to be in a beautiful stadium. In fact, Indiana does have a beautiful stadium. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. You ready? I'm not in love with today's parlay, but I'm going to do it because I want to win money. So here's the deal. If I like the parlay, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll tell you the truth. I'll bet 200 on a parlay. Maybe 500 if I'm feeling really sexy. I do. I'm sorry. What are you going to do? Oh, you doggy, you suck, you're rich. You Shut up. All right. But if I don't like the parlay, but you got to have action, I'll bet 50 bucks. So today, I currently have this. I currently have a four-teamer working. And the four-teamer right now, let me make sure I got it here. So right now, UAB won, Colorado won, Wisconsin won. Now it's up to Texas Southern. So basically, here's my dilemma. I bet $100 on this parlay to win $582. Right now, they're giving me $310. So I can cash out right now and make $210.25. But I'm not. I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to watch the game. And if somehow I don't think Texas Southern is going to beat uh, you know, uh, uh, Fla- Fairleigh Dickinson, then you know what I'm going to do? Then I- I'm going to hope they get up and then cash out. and It'll be more than 310. But if I think they're going to win, the only way I'll cash out is if they get within 20 bucks. If they get within 20 bucks and there's a couple minutes to go, I don't need the miracle comeback. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't need it. I don't need the miracle uh, Iowa comeback against Michigan State in my life, and it's worth 20 bucks. So here's what I'm doing today I'm going to give you this I'm going to give you a two team parlay, and that parlay is going to be Oklahoma State over Youngstown State, that's number one. That game tips off in the NIT at 7 o'clock. I I think Youngstown's well coached. In fact, the coach Calhoun turned down the Bowling Green job. Really stupid of him to stay at Youngstown. And Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton needs a win. The other game I'm going to go with, because I don't want to put all my eggs in uh, Florida Southern. I'm going to go with, and I don't really like this because I don't think they'll show up to play. I think it'll be a dead environment. I'm going to go with Florida to beat UCF. So I got Florida over UCF, and I've got Oklahoma State over Youngstown State. That parlay right there pays you out $139 if you bet $100. So we're getting plus money. I'm not in love, so I'm only betting $50 on it. Nah, I'm, not, I'm just not in love with today. I don't see something right now where I say, man, like yesterday, I knew Pittsburgh was going to win and we were getting plus money, and everybody told me Corpus Christi was going to win. Both close games, right? But both did win. All right, there's your today's parlay, Robert Shelby. All right, here's the deal. We got a woken Dope. Who's doping? Who's woken? Who's whatting? Due to climate change, Nevada considers limiting residential water use for single-family homes. Due to climate change, (laughs) if you're going to say to me Nevada considers limiting residential water use for single-family homes due to a drought, due to a coming drought, due to an expected drought, due to not due due you children, uh, they're not saying it looks great, but I got to tell you. This whole climate change thing, I don't understand one thing about it. Greta Thornburg, I'll never understand how we here in the United States can say, Hey, look, we're going to listen to some child screaming, yelling. We're going to listen to this child about climate change. You know, back in the day, climate change was one of those deals where frankly, um, Al Gore and others said we were all going to die by 2013. Greta Thornburg just deleted a tweet that talked about ice caps going away by like 2000. These people just lie and they're all making money. I saw a report that said Al Gore has made over 200 million representing climate change, the scare tactic of climate change. If climate change is your big issue, God bless you. It's the most important issue, Dan. We can't have we can't if we don't have the earth, man. All right, you're right. You're right. If we don't have the earth, man, I recycle. <laughs> How about that? Give me that. I recycle. That's all I got for you. And if recycling was such a big deal. Why does it only come once every two weeks, and why do they only give me one can to recycle? See this is all a crock. I don't know whether climate change is real or not, but these dudes making money off it and setting policy on it, my backside. That's just CYA. That's just another group that says, well, we don't want to be in any kind of report that says we're not doing our part for climate change. Yeah, okay. Hey, Bill Gates, quit riding that private plane. I hear that affects climate change. You guys in your climate change, God bless you. I love it. I think it's great. Climate change is awesome. Not the climate change, if in fact it's true. I've literally, once I saw that a 12-year-old girl was who we're supposed to pay attention to, Greta, whatever her name. Yeah, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm out. You are welcome, Virginia Game Day. Thanks for the Texas A and M C C pick. Longtime fan. You are very, very welcome. I'm very happy to do it. What we got to find, Dylan, Ryan, and myself, what we got to find is some kind of activism that we can make money. Black Lives Matter showed itself to be a, you know, two separate things, right? Uh, the organization is a thieving, stealing, ridiculous group. But hey, the people on the ground. If they're not, you know, rioting, pretty good cause. All right, I'm All right, I'm, I'm all right with it. Climate change has already been covered. Save the animals, save the birds, save the whales, save the manatees. I don't know. I'm looking out in my backyard. There's got to be something here to save. I used to have a hawk that flew into me and would hit me in the head. Maybe I'll send the pictures out of him. We had a crazy hawk. He ended up dying. I'm not going to tell you how he died, but he's dead. He's gone, buried, see you. Or maybe he's in a lake. I honestly don't know. But I know he's dead. The whole neighborhood was terrorized. Maybe we should do Save Insane Hawks. Maybe we should start a clinic for wayward hawks, disheveled hawks. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's the route to take. I don't know. But we're pretty smart people here on Twitter. We're pretty smart people here on the YouTube chat. Um, I, I, uh... I think we can come up with something. You know what I mean? So this is me. Uh, I'm going on Vissen tomorrow at 9.30 at night. You know what I mean? Uh, So 9.30 at night, I was thinking, well, do I really want to do that? My first thought was, am I going to be awake? (laughs) Old age, what have I told you? I go to bed by 9.30 and I'm peeing all over the place. I'm the mad peer. I am. All right, David, Dylan, David, Davey, Dylan, Ryan, Kaylee, Haley, Caitlin, Aaron, Gary, Gary's in Italy, Tom Crean, Joe Kinsey, go to outkick.com. Do me a favor, go to outkick.com and get in the woke bracket. Do me another favor, subscribe to our page here, subscribe to our show. Subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. Please, ring the bell so you get alerts. What are you doing? And by the way, uh, I hope everybody has a great afternoon. Enjoy Aaron Rodgers soon. The big swagoo is yelling and screaming about something stupid on my TV. I must hit unmute and listen. Have a great afternoon.